It's Alexander Volkanovsky Fight Week, boys! How excited are we for this? Wait, that's this week? That's this week? That's this week? That's the co-main event this July week on 76. July 2nd. That, that card, man. I know, Ooh. I know. You know what's a real disappointment about Volkanovsky Max Holloway Fight Week? They've never been a main event. And all three of their fights now, they've been the co-main event. Usman Covington, Usman Masvidal, uh, and now Izzy Cannonier. Which is just uh, a real shame when you're talking about uh, Max Holloway Volkanovski in this trilogy. I didn't even realize that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we got a, you know, I feel like Max Holloway fans, especially in the Volkanovski debate, are more deluded than Sean O'Malley fans. <laughs> I think that some of you guys can't just get a grip that Max Holloway lost that fight. What constitutes as a strike? What constitutes as a strike? What do you mean? Like, what are you looking you, for? What are you, you digging just, for? Can you just touch them? Because that's all he did. He just touched them with his legs. He that was the first fight. That was the second fight. The second yeah. fight, he outstruck him to the head, though. Not the head and body. The body work was uh, favored Holloway. Not, not real strikes. But you know that that second round, that Volk wasn't ever outstruck. And his counters were much heavier than, than, than Holloway's. More damage, which you and I talk about all the time. Very subjective Well, if we're thing. talking about Fight subjective damage, then none of those leg kicks count for anything. That they, when you, when you're, you're, so you're graying the area between the first and second fight here. The first fight, which I think we all agree, he, Volkanovski won that fight. He threw pussy leg kicks. He threw were, leg kicks, he won strikes, and Max didn't adjust to it uh, fast enough for him to get a win. I, I, so, I'll, yeah, I will say that Volk did win the first fight, honestly. To yeah. be fair, the two of the judges gave it a 48-47 in the first fight. It's just when you touch someone and it's just a little leg kick, that shouldn't be a significant strike. None of those, when you go watch that first fight, none of those were little. They were heavy. They were In the hurting. second fight, I'm saying in the first couple rounds, Volk was trying to play that leg kick system again. Second and you're game? Picking in the second fight. Yeah, yeah. So he's trying to throw the leg kicks in the first and second rounds a lot. Now, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but what I noted in that, what you're about to say is, is Max fought a lot longer in the second fight. Where he fought yes. outside of the leg kicks and used his jab. But that's what I saw from a lot of Max in the first fight, mm -hmm. towards the end of the fight, mm -hmm. even though Volk was landing those leg kicks. And don't get me wrong, like, yes, Volk was landing strikes. But we need to get to a point as fans where... Yes, you can look at, like, oh, he had more strikes landed, or he had this. But, like, when we were in high school, right? Like, I know this is stupid because it's professional. But when we're in high school, right? And two kids fight, right? And you see, like, at the end, a guy that might have landed more punches might have looked like he won. Or, in theory, looking back, he won the fight, really. But then, but he got his nose busted up on that first punch. And it's, it's bleeding everywhere. Who won the fight? Yeah, but we don't have criteria in high school like they do in Unified MMA. But you don't need criteria to be a fan of fighting. When you watch a boxing match throughout 12 rounds... Hey, you're the one who acknowledged that those are two different things. I'm telling you why they're I'm two different things. I'm saying they're two different things. I'm saying if you watch a boxing match, right, for 12 rounds of Floyd Mayweather, guys throw way more strikes than Floyd Mayweather, but he lands more, so he wins the fight. Why is that in boxing, but in, not in MMA? Because so in MMA, when you're throwing a bunch of strikes and they're not doing anything, you get credit for it. And that's bullshit. It is flat-out bullshit. You get credit for, sorry, volume? If you're getting credit for volume, 
you need to be efficient with your volume. So if you're throwing 100 strikes yeah, well, and you're only landing 30, you're not doing anything but, but wasting your own but energy. And, 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 okay, so if, if we're going to pull up the stats on the second fight here. 67 of Volk's strikes were like kicks on the second fight. Out of a how, how many? Out of 137. Yeah, but he also struck to the head, too. He also 67 of his 130 whatever strikes were to the legs. And he outstruck him on the legs and to the head. The, like, all it was was the body work, plus three takedowns. But now we're looking at stats. If you watch the fight, which you did, obviously, yeah, today, I did. and I've watched the fight multiple Max times over. Max clearly won 1-2. Max clearly. clearly wins 1-2, and you can't tell me that Volk won 3-4-5. He did. You, you just know what? Let me explain. That. Three was, he. Volk just came back with the striking. He just flat out won that, okay? Three, Number yes. Two, there was a, it was even striking, but... Okay, so we got it right here. So the official strike numbers actually have Volk up ahead by 10 strikes that landed that round, okay? Now, they, from what I remember, they weren't very heavy, they weren't very hard, but I had the striking even. The thing is, is Volk got about 15 seconds of control time after a takedown. So when it's that even, the next thing you need to go to is grappling. So he steals that round. Next round, same thing. He's up 37 to 23, but I still had that even striking. Max Holloway is, was, was hitting him with bombs and combinations. But the thing is, the he head. got two takedowns that round. So when it's that close, when it's that close, and and you get the when you get the grappling edge like that, that's how you steal rounds. And he stole rounds in and out, and that's why he's the champion today, in my opinion. I guess it's a fair opinion, but like, well, two of the three like, judges agreed with me that night. How many other UFC champions have been able to pull the same shit that Folk had to get that second fight win? No, honestly, ask yourself, how many champions, like the George St. Pierre's, right, when you're in the middle of a fight, mm -hmm. you're getting outstruck, which happened to George a couple, on a few occasions, mm -hmm. but it happened. Say you're getting outstruck, and you're, so you throw a guy to the ground, you're still getting outstruck, you throw a guy to the ground, you win the round because you had a fucking takedown? I disagree he was getting outstruck. Like I said, it was 34 of 63. And 53%. 67 of his 148 total strikes. Total body of work. That could have all happened in the first round. Total body of work. That's a total body of work. thirty-seven but you, of his strikes. But you judge it round by round. He landed twenty percent of his strikes in that round. You judge it round by round. No, no, no. Yeah, forty but you strikes. But you don't know what, if those are head or, or leg strikes in that round. But he landed thirty of whatever strikes of hundred. He landed what? He landed thirty-four of his hundred and thirty-seven in the fourth round, and thirty-seven of his hundred and thirty-seven in the fifth round. So he landed twenty percent of his strikes in one round. Two rounds. Well. I don't know what's the math on that. No, that's not twenty percent. That's less. No, one fifty. No, yeah, yeah, over twenty percent. Just over twenty percent. But that was his, also his biggest volume rounds. I'm not sure what the point you're making is. I the feel point like that's I'm how trying you to make the, the point. I, yeah, I get what you're saying. So you're putting up volume, but, but then he was you also still don't look like you won the round. But but uh, that's not. I disagree. I watched it this morning. I felt like Max obviously landed cleaner combinations, but the more the volume. Brings that up to a pretty even striking level. So when I'm looking at it from a judging perspective, the grappling is what did it for me, because it was that close. Max, honestly, it kind of switched on a dime in that second round. Like uh, for the first seven rounds they fought, Volk was looking for the counter, but all of a sudden Max started fanning, 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 drawing him in on the first shot and countering him heavy, and he was hitting him hard that entire fight. He knocked him down twice to one knee. Never credited for a knockdown. I feel like it's a bit of a shame, but. Those were clean 10-9s and never a 10-8 in my But that was, that was definitely two knockdowns. They weren't credited. 
But that was he definitely two knockdowns. There's no question in my mind that Max Holloway won the first two rounds. Well, when Max defends his title on July 2nd, like I said, hopefully he becomes an honorary Canadian <laughs> citizen because he deserves a citizenship to our fine country. Oh, boys. And then you, I, I'm, I'm going to move on from this because I, li- I like this argument. I'm sure we'll get into it yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we're not moving on from this argument, okay? <laughs> we have more to talk about when it comes to Max and Volk, all right? There it is. Nothing. <laughs> you, you are also a Sean O'Malley fan. Yep. With grandeurs of delusion yep. that I have as well. Yep. Yep. Okay. And at least I'm, I admit that I have but those. But with the Volk fight, I'm simply saying that uh, we're not as delusional as you give us. I think it's hard to sit there as even if you're say you're an average MMA fan, you didn't watch that fight. If you watch that fight as an average MMA fan, you can't tell me that Max didn't win the fight. I did. Because I based, just did. No, you're not an average MMA fan. Oh, but. So if you're they also don't home, know the criteria of the judges. But they don't. Who gives a fuck it's what criteria? The fans fan. it's drive a the sport. Even know that it's a re, it's a regulated sport with rules even for the but judges. The, but the they fans drive criteria. the sport. But the fans don't drive the criteria. It's the regulated body. And every other sport, when fans say want something, like say for example, uh, in the MLB, the overtime or the extra innings were taking too long. Fans were getting bored of sitting in the stands, waiting for 13, 14 inning games. So they put an extra runner on second base. That's fan-driven. Those are fan-driven rule changes. The NBA, same thing. Change uh, how players dress. That's fans-driven. That's not player-driven. That's fan-driven. They wanted to see players come in what they wanted on in tight, uptight suits. The fans want to watch fights and judge them. If anything, there should be a partial fan view. Like... Okay, Back, like no, do no, like on, if it's on. reality this, TV. Something like this exists, okay? So it's called Verdict MMA. And Verdict MMA is a fan voting app, right? And so the first two rounds, obviously, were for Max, heavy, okay? The second round was literally a dead even split. It was a point zero zero four point zero four uh in favor of Max. But I argue that's just a lot in of In favor Max. of Max, that's all I No, 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 because I, I don't think if you watch that fight, you would honestly say Max won the third round. I think what's in dispute is the fourth and fifth, and guess what? Both of those rounds went to Volkanovski on verdict MMA. So, so according to the verdict here, though, the fans agree that Max won the fight. They agree that they think that Max won the fight on a very, very slim margin. But that's that's a close. But, but you that's see, a close split. But see how you change the stats to give it your narrative. No, whereas the fans at the end of the day. Fair or not, Here's the thing. voted Max you know, winner. You know what I took? Slimmest of you know what I took into account? Matter. You know what I took into account? The grand years of delusion of people That's thinking he saying. won the third round. So now you're calling you're, how many people delusional? If you can go watch that third round and tell me Max won it, and tell me Max won it, I, I, you know, and give me a solid reason because Max was nowhere close. The guy you're talking about that was fighting at range and touching him lightly was Max in that round. Was Max in that round, and the strikes on the official stat line was ten more for back both. to an earlier point though. I just need to bring this up. Baseball, not a sport; it's a board game. <laughs> <laughs> Other games across North America have made fan-driven changes to their rule sets, but that that wasn't a change at the time. Uh, the NHL they implemented a three-on-three but, but during saying, the All-Star game but you're now to the point them. the fans loved it. Now that's in the overtime. But you're not asking season. them to change it and apply it retroactively. That's not just the case. You can't do that. No, but going forward, I think there could be something where the UFC does have a UFC fan voting app itself. And in the stands on time, if the, if the fans all say a fighter won, if the fans in the arena and 100, whatever, and even if the judges are sitting there, blah, 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 
then based on some of those decisions, like why would the fans not make the choice? I don't care about criteria. The fans are an unregulated body that aren't following a criteria. No, see, putting the word unregulated on, in front on. of Let fans. Me, you want to talk about just a fan vote? Sound you want to talk about a fan vote? You know who won the thirty k crypto bonus uh, for the for the oh, fight night God. of Rose Car uh, when Rose lost her title to Carla? Rose won it. And the most boring fight in history. That's who the fans voted. And you want to decide who's fights? Because we love Rose. Calling that the most boring fight in history is so disrespectful to Tyron Woodley's legacy. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> most boring women's fight in history. <laughs> there you go. Probably, honestly, most boring t- women's title fight by far. It, it's, it's probably the most boring. I don't know. Is it, is it the most boring title fight than ever? Like, no, title? Woodley? No. Title? No. Because We got Woodley and Damian Maya. We, we got Tim Woodley Sophia. and Wonderboy. <laughs> Yeah, Woodley Wonderboy too. <laughs> the Tim first Woodley Wonderboy was, was pretty okay. good. Yeah, that was the draw, right? Yeah, yeah. Sylvia's entire career. Okay, so now that I've proven that Volkanovski's won two, you fights, haven't proven shit. Max is <laughs> about to prove. Let me uh, let me just talk about this. I was doing the um, I was doing up a results page today, and I started noticing how many ranked contenders are on this. Right. You got it's a stacked card. The second fight of the night on the early prelims, you have Jessica Ivers, Macy Barber, ten versus thirteen in the flyweight division. Middleweight, right after that, you got number nine Uriah Hall versus number thirteen Andre Munez. This is early in the night at six. I believe we start at six o'clock, mm-hmm. six, six or six thirty. The early prelims start, right? And then we also, I don't know if we've even touched on this yet, but we've got uh, Jim Miller's got to fill in. With Donald Cerrone because his uh, his opponent dropped out. Who was yeah, that? Yeah, uh, Joe Lozon. Uh, Jim Miller and Jim Bobby Green. Fight Bobby Green. J- so you're talking about uh, Cerrone's fight, but Jim Miller was supposed to fight Bobby Green on this card. Bobby Green pulled oh, out. Oh, and then so Cerrone now Cerrone's filling in against Jim Miller. Ah, so we're getting our Cerrone fight. I mean, I'm I'm a little disappointed. It's not That's a retirement Logan. fight. A Still bit. two legends. Two legends two of the legends. sport, guys who've been around forever. It's I believe that's a one fifty five. No, no, one seventy. One seventy. They moved it up to cowboy isn't making weight that soon. No, cowboy just cut weight to one fifty five. Yeah. Twice, twice. He just did it three weeks Damn, earlier. Damn, now he gets to go up to one seventy. He might yeah. feel comfortable. He right might now. feel good. He might feel light at one seventy like that. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, that might be the case. When you cut weight twice and you go up to one seventy, that's only fifteen pounds. Like fifteen pounds, is, it's 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 heavy for a fighter, but it's not really when you're like. You're going from lighter to heavier, right? But we got we got the leg breaker in your eye all here. Poor 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 Weidman. Poor Weidman. That's all I can think of was whenever that I see his last fight. He broke Weidman's leg. Uh was it? Where is he? Oh, this isn't him. Hold on. I'm looking at Munez right now, the guy he's fighting. Uh no. He fought and lost to Strickland. I'll actually remember that. Yeah, so that's what made us think. I love it. Tapology. It just says win broken like at seventeen seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's fighting Andre Munez, twenty two and four versus seventeen and ten. I, Uriah's always hit and miss, but he's explosive. He's fun to watch. We Uriah could have been the greatest UFC fighter ever. He could have been. This Munez though, look at this. Uh, last three fights, all in the UFC. Uh, Fabinski first round armbar. Souza inverted armbar first round. Eric Sanders armbar first round. Inverted armbar. Yeah, Uriah's got a lot in store. Like Uriah's a kickboxer. Like he's got a lot. Of, he's got problems coming for him. What do you think? You can never count Uriah out though, because he does crazy, unpredictable things sometimes. Like we saw with the spinning fucking heel kick to Gegard Mousasi. Well, what was that? Was that the tough fight? No, no. What, no. Do, you do, what do you do to the tough, uh, the guy on top? The same, same thing, thing yeah. almost. That's what I thought you were going to talk a about. A lot more vicious. I was like, wait, Gegard was on top? <laughs> I, got, I got confused. But you know the fight 
went viciously when the winner is apologizing afterwards. Oh, yeah. I just remember him going, sorry, Adam. <laughs> like, he felt so bad. It's not even that bad. You know... Well, fighters usually apologize when they like another dude they're fighting, right? It's not that vicious. You try vicious. to encourage them. You try to, you know, like, I'm sorry that it happened like that. But, like, you know you fuck somebody up bad. Mm-hmm. When Chael Sonnen is concerned for the opponent. (laughs) (laughs) Chael Sonnen was shook. Yeah. Like, shook. Like, I'm talking... He stood there like, just... He grabbed Uriah like a dad would to a consoling son losing their pet. Oh, yeah. He was like, just... He was coaching that season, He was like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, it's okay. Like, just just come over here. Just look at me. Don't look at him. Like, Uriah... Uriah... He really felt that, too. I Like, Uriah's great. He's at fun. But does it does it feel like to you that he doesn't have that, like, killer instinct? Like, he can kill... I, but, like, he just doesn't have the heart to do it, it feels like. No, you know I, I, mean? I feel like he always had the heart to do it. I just feel like after that tough knockout specifically... The, like, hear me out. Well, like, even after Wyman <laughs> broke his leg, like, he was not happy There's a, There's a bunch of knockouts we've seen, and coaches go nuts. You, you've seen a couple where people kind of go quiet for a second, mm-hmm. but then they're like, yeah, right? Have you ever seen a knockout, really, where it it went dead silent and yeah. stayed dead f- friggin' silent? It's called Alex Prairie and LFA. <laughs> <laughs> the guy went out for 15 minutes, and, man. But I'm saying, though, like, but even then the fans will cheer and then realize yeah. something's wrong. I don't remember how it went. I don't know if there was a pop, but that, that, that arena got quiet for a long yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm, I'm assuming the fans got quiet, then they were like, yeah, you know, it got a little. No, it was freaking death. Not not a, a soul said a word in yeah. that in that tough arena. Well, all those guys are fighters. So right? I think when that happens, when you hurt a guy, when you, when you know you're capable of doing something like that, mm. I think it becomes really hard on a UFC fighter mentally. Because then there's the guys like Jones and there's the Naganus. They don't care. They'll punch right through the back of your face. Yeah, yeah. they don't give a shit. Yeah, power but, powers of powers. But of big if factor. you have even the touch of compassion for human beings. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of UFC fighters do. Mm-hmm. They're good people. Um, and Uriah is a good dude. Like, when you hear his interviews and stuff, he's super humble. He's super nice. As far as skill goes, Very there's not a lot of guys yeah. that are better. As far as kickboxing, technically, yeah. technically, there's not a lot of better strikers. He like can knock you out. He Wonder can Boy beat maybe. you in a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know? he's he's up there with those he's guys. He's very, very skilled. The only issue with him is, it's now he... He doesn't want to perform those moves. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think it holds him back from really he, like absolutely, letting go? Absolutely. I feel like the same thing you have with Wonderboy. It's like Wonderboy has the skill to probably murder everyone. I'm talking clean sweep the division, kick the living shit out of everybody. He's got some of the best takedown defense in the division. He has too. takedown defense. His striking super crisp. He can stay on the outside. He can fight on the inside. He can take a punch. Mm-hmm. I mean, besides his footwork is besides the crazy. one knockout. His footwork's amazing. His kicking game's amazing. The issue with the wonder with Wonder Boy is that karate background. In karate, you're not really taught to attack. You're taught to use your skills to protect. Yeah, it, well, it's about being as precise as possible and and avoiding damage, right? right. So you're, it's about quick in, quick out, straight punches, so long kicks. So if there was dudes who were like that skill level, like 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 where I talk about him a lot, but John Jones, it's like you have a guy who has a skill level to do so many things, mm-hmm. and then he mentally is like, I don't care about you either. Well, remember he used to, uh, he used to, uh, he used to drink a week before his fights and get hammered just so he had an excuse to be lost. Yeah. And like that, that's that type of mentality is a little, a little different. I find because you're going in there ready to die, and you're going in there with an excuse to die. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's like, if I, if I get fucked up in there, this is going to be my reason. But I'm going to do everything in my power not to. And that's one thing I give him credit for. 
But uh, th- there's something I want to roll into here because we're talking about Uriah Hall. His last loss is Sean Strickland, who's also on this car card. And we just mentioned his opponent, Alex Prairie, who's had one of the most devastating knockouts I've ever seen in that LFA, that left hook. I think it was a left hook. Left or right hook? It was a right hook. It was, it was a knockout hook. he had in his UFC friggin' debut. Oh, flying flying knee. Knee. Slap that guy too. Bad that guy's bad. cut too now, eh? Yeah, I would get cut too. I, would, I wouldn't I would even get cut. The UFC would have to call me. I'd be like, you put me in there versus him? Call him I'm from, out. Call like, him from the call LFA's off. calling. They want to pay me three grand per fight. You need to talk about who Prairie is. Alex Prairie is probably top five, one of the best strikers on the planet. planet. The guy's got a kickboxing resume that... Like current and past, or...? He looks great all around. Top ten of all time, maybe? Like, top five of all time, bro. In kickboxing. Yeah, Yeah, because you gotta have Rico, you have to have... I don't know, I think technically he's better than Rico. No. Here's the problem, though. It's a heavyweight, that's the difference, right? The MMA gods hate me. And because (laughs) of this, either... Strickland or Cannoneer are winning this fight because I'm never going to get the dream matchup of Izzy and Pereira. Oh, yeah, I got to give you props. I don't mean to interrupt, but you finally stole my MMA Fantasy Championship from me. <laughs> so just right here now, I, you broke my broke my seven-month streak. I was going for a full 365. I'm disappointed. Which, by the way, Fanatics app, if you like fantasy sports, you will love fantasy MMA. Come join our group, MMA Dissect. To the camera. Compete. MMA Dissect. MMA Dissect. MMA Dissect. Join us up. Fanatics how, how would they do that? Well, we'll post the link on our Twitter. Our Facebook. Our Facebook. Yep. Our uh, Instagram. We're, we're going we're gonna to give you opportunities. Can we put it on the website somehow? We can put it on the website. We'll put it on the website we'll put it in the footer. We'll put it in the footer. Yeah, we're maybe right at the bottom, right? Yeah, yeah put okay. a link in the So we'll footer. put it at the footer so we can get some competition because I'm tired of whooping these guys' asses. I know I lost, but, you know. It's getting a little tired. It's seven seven. Calm down. Man. Seven seven. But then it's seven seven two one. <laughs> and you won the first six. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I got robbed a couple of these months. So you've been second lie. so many times. You are the number one runner up. <laughs> it's hilarious. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, I'm not even a gatekeeper. I'm just like pretty much Colby. You're Colby coming to this point. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boys. Well, moving up this card, I know I jumped up a little bit to Strickland and Prairie. Well, yeah. let's actually talk about that. Let's, let's talk about it if we're going to be honest. No, we, we, we got kickboxer versus boxer here, right? That's an interesting striking matchup. That's a fan affair right there. That's, I feel, something Dana looked at and was like, yes. Yes. Because <laughs> this is going to get a performance bonus one way or the other, I feel. I think the key for Sean Strickland is to take a Randy Couture kind of style. You're gonna, I'm, Try I'm, to push him up against the I'm cage, more of a new, clinch new era. Game. Yeah, okay. Like, just, like, dirty boxing type style. Yeah. Because you're going up against a kickboxer who has wins over guys like Artem Vakatov, Jason Wilness, Simon Marcus. Like, we're talking the upper echelon of kickboxing yeah. here. But, like, at the same time, we say he needs to do that, but we all know how crazy Sean Strickland is. And he keeps talking about how he wants to do the man dance with Prairie before he goes crotch sniffing. <laughs> Everybody says that until they get hit. Yeah, everyone says that, and then they're crotch sniffing. Yeah. I think he's accepted he's going to get hit hard, and if he survives, he's going to change the game plan. I think technically, in the Prairie Strickland fight, I just don't know if Strickland has, like, Prairie's mentally, like what we were just talking about, he has that, like, I just do this for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, th- those people are dangerous. With him versus Strickland, Strickland's good. Strickland's really good, but like you're pretty much in a contendership because of a win over your eye hall, and and 
that's not really like yeah he got one on a bit of a and he had the leg break before that and which he's got on like a little bit of a streak so like whatever but at the end of the day like I just don't he didn't even like blow out your eye either from like Perea is really on like that that path where you're in the way it's not Alex a matter is of still new the MMA though so there is a question mark there. But when you're training with guys like Glover Teixeira, like I'm sure you're jiu-jitsu and wrestling. I just think that you... He's Brazilian, correct? Yes. But I think you just... Have a natural BJJ ability? Well, man, I I really (laughs) think... You're ahead of the learning curve being born Brazilian. (laughs) Us as kids, right? We went and played row hockey, right? With each other? Yeah, because we're Canadian. They played soccer and rolled around in the dirt wrestling with each other. Like, that's what they did. So, like... You know what's funny? I I don't mean to get off topic here, but if you ever listen to Cheeto Vera's uh, Joe Rogan, that's what he talks about. They fought for fun all the time. All the time. I know he's... uh, Where's he from? Uh, Ecuador. So, I know he's from Ecuador, but we're... Those South American countries, man... That it's all the same. They they just do that for fun. And Cheeto talks about how he was fighting bigger guys and, and older kids when he was like six seven. I mean, he loved it. And that's just that's what I feel like kind of makes those Brazilians into these killers that we know. Today. And then it's 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 a then they make money doing it. And then so now they're like so super motivated because they're getting rich while beating the shit out of people. That that is just like the dream for a lot of these kids. Yeah. And so like. You look at the Charleses and the these Brazilians do not mess around. Like no. they do not mess around. No. no. Um, so no, I, I, I look at Pereira. I've, I've looked at the resume. Me and Paul have had many conversations about him. How many Brazilian champions have there been in the UFC? Like, on, probably in every division, you've had a Brazilian champion. At every some single point, right? division, because you have um, Silva, Aldo, Figueiredo. Yep. Um, Hold on, Charlie. I'm going. What's heavyweight? What's the uh, jiu-jitsu cat's name there? Uh, Tony threatened to ankle pick him. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Hmm. Jiu-Jitsu guy. Uh, <laughs> but we know he was champ. Yeah, he beat, he beat Kane for the title. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> His name is slipping my mind. One I'm second. so sorry. And then we got to share. Junior Dos Santos was a champion. Oh, yeah, Brazilian, Brazilian champion. Too. So we got Junior. We got uh, uh, Teixeira. And then Silva... Uh, I'm just naming one per division. Aldo, yeah, who's, Wait, has there ever been a welterweight Brazilian champion? It would have been George, and then after George, Hughes, we had... Sarah. Newton. Newton's Canadian, though. Uh, and then you got Usman. And uh, are we missing anyone in between that? Oh, Woodley. Oh, um, if you want to pretend, Johnny Hendricks was kind of champion there for a minute. <laughs> Is he American? He's American. He's American, but I, you know. So we never had a Brazilian. Robbie Lawler. That's interesting to think about. And then lightweight. Lightweight. Featherweight. Robbie Lawler's also on this card, by the way. And then uh, you've actually had Andrade at 115 for women's, and then you've had Nunes at 135, and and then it's only been valid. Did we mention Charlie? Yeah, well, of course. I said that was current. Yeah. Charlie, I said first. <laughs> but then after this, we we get Brad Tavares. Fabricio Verdu. There it is. I Verdun. am so sorry, Verdu. Like, <laughs> I should have known that right off the I bat. didn't know. I didn't realize that you got. I knew. I knew. There's it only like one jiu-jitsu guy in heavyweight. I, <laughs> I knew what you were talking about, but then I was like, is it, are they talking about Verdu? But uh, going on after Uriah Hall, jumping back from the Strickland Prairie fight. Uh, we got Tavares, a guy who fought Izzy to a, a rough decision. I thought he was really good. He's ranked 12. He's taking on South South African Driscoll Duplessis. Please, please, what? No, 
<laughs> but uh, I, I, this this Driscoff's kid is is he's good. He's sixteen and one from what I remember. I will double check my facts here, and he's Brad Tavares is always a good option when you're talking about a hard fight like that. Sixteen and two he is. He's ranked number sixteenth middleweight in in on tabology. So he's just about to break into the rankings here. Uh, after that, we got um, Irish legend Ian Gary, the the second coming, as I like to call him. Conor McGregor. <laughs> he's, he's, he he's doesn't have, he's not the same. He's more like a dollar store version of yeah, Conor McGregor. I love him. I love him. I think he's great. I love that he tries because like that's the thing is you've got to be able to market yourself in this in this. And Ian Gary is one of those guys who is marketable. He's nine and zero. He's going up a guy who's eleven and three. Gabe Green. He just had a really really tough fight too where he he uh, what did he, he he yeah Darian Weeks who was five and one at the time. And he took him to a tough decision. Right before that, had a KO in, uh, in his de- debut. Moving on to Cerrone Miller. Like, this card is deep, boys. This is the prelims we're still in. You know how many ranked opponents I've already gone through? Brad Riddell, another... To- uh, 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 Gizzy's gym. Uh, city, city kickboxing city guy. Uh, he's uh, actually more um, on um, uh, Volk's team. So you know how Volk has a different head coach than Eugene? He trains mm-hmm. with Eugene. But he has a coach in Australia. Riddell's kind of more on that side of things. Um, so he, I don't know if you ever watched Volk's fight, but usually, I doubt it'll happen this night, but Brad Riddell corners in with their head coach. So that's another very interesting one to look in. You're talking about the city team, right? Uh, which is headlining this card. And then after that, Marcus. Former UFC was- champion, Robbie Lawler. And oh. Brian is on that card, too. That, 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 that is after the one I'm about to mention. Is that after? Yeah, because they they're having Sean O'Malley open the card at 15, 15 and one. He's he's a hype train, right? Ah. So you got to put the hype trains in on the first of the main card. Uh, Robbie Lawler and Brian Bamarina did take the Lauren Murphy spot because uh, I believe who yeah, because I thought Robbie was on the prelim. Yeah, Murphy tested positive ah. for COVID, so Misha Tate couldn't get another opponent in time. So they they. Fortunately, got the Donald Cerrone Jim Miller fight, and they kept that, and then they just scrapped that fight altogether. Yeah, which, okay. it personally, I mean, I mean, Misha Tate's a fun fight to watch, but that was the worst fight on the main card. So when you're moving Robbie Lawler and Brian Bam Bam Barbarina in there, that's going to be a slog fest. Those two, right? And then we've also got our boy Sean fighting a real contender in Pedro Munoz. I know, I know you don't give him the credit, but this guy has never been finished, and the guys he's lost to. Are all all top contenders? Dominic Cruz, Jose Aldo, Frankie Edgar, Aljamain Sterling. Way way back, he, he lost a split to Dodson. He knocked out Cody Garbrandt. He knocked out Garbrandt. But Pedro? no, these are the guys he's lost to. Rafael Asuncao, right? Pedro's a legit contender. I just think he's how old is he? He is thirty-five. He will be thirty-six this year. That when you turn 36, if you're in 155 or below, you're pretty much done. It happened to like, Tony. What about it happens Aldo? to everyone. What about Aldo? Yeah, Aldo's young. Aldo's only 32. Yeah. What? Aldo's yep. <laughs> Aldo's only 32, dude. I think he might be like 34 now. No, I think he's 30. Hell might, but he's, he's not 36. I know Hell Aldo's no, been fighting for like 20 years. And this freaking Brazilian, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, dude. Hold on. They're amazing. Oh, he's 35. Bang! 
bang. And he's had a he had he went on a nice streak too last year. So I don't want to hear shit about thirty four. But that's not that's not thirty six yet though. 36. Yo, they're, they're yeah, Munoz is actually now. two days older than Aldo. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it from you. Oh, man. That's Aldo, when hot. you get to that 36 age, though, it gets rough in those lighter He's not there yet. <laughs> no, he's still he's a couple a, months away. Well, isn't he fighting uh, uh, Mary Delush, right? Very soon. Um, Aldo? Aldo? Aldo is. He's taking the okay. De- Devashili or whatever. I can never say his name. It's so hard to say. But, uh, yeah, no, how do you feel? Pedro Munoz or Sean O'Malley? How do you think this goes? Honestly, dude, I think Sean O'Malley is a quite a skilled fighter, and I think it's his time. Like, I, and So we've kind of been nurturing him as fans yeah. over the last few years, letting him kind of get by. I'm going to give you the credit. We have, as delusional... There's us too, okay. He he was whooping Cheeto's ass. No. Undefeated. That, that was that was such a fluke. Well, no, just regardless, he lost. So, I believe that the UFC's kind of been coddling him a little bit by letting him beat the crap out of, um, yeah. like just nobody's. unranked dudes and nobodies, just to try to build his. Motino was a last minute replacement, though. but I think the truth is whether he's fighting bad fighters or not. When you just look at a guy, it's when you watch the way a guy does certain things, sets up his strikes, his striking ability. This is a guy that came into the UFC and wasn't really known as a striker. He just strikes like that because he likes knocking people out. Really, he's a jujitsu and ground specialist. So like, he's got he's got I know, and you know what's scary is people haven't tested him there yet. So like that's and he's for the division. He's there's got, not a single person that's longer than him. That no one has limbs like that. He's, he's got speed. He's got speed, but uh, yeah. Originally, he was supposed to fight Louis Smolka. Uh, that's actually that's a pretty legit fight. We were just talking about Smolka's Smolka. been cut. Yes, since then. But I'm talking that was still a good fight at the time. Though. It's a better fight than Montino. How many yes. how many active UFC fighters? He's one he and one. One and one. He's one and one active versus UFC active UFC fighter. About yeah. to be two and one. Julian Paiva, who just There's, lost. Assuming Munoz doesn't retire or get cut. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it happens so no, fast. But, but, but O'Malley's skill, though, I, whether you don't like him or not, you don't like the whole like sitting on the throne. It was stuff, the throne I, thing. I, get that. I was on the hype train, and then I saw but, that white ass throne, and was like, "I'm done." But his Jumped striking, his, his ability to knock people out—that you don't have to be a bad fighter. The like these dudes are still fighters; they have chins. Well, that those styles, the hand down style, it's not something you see often. But where do you see it? First thing that comes to my mind is Anderson Silva. Now, I don't like comparing these two, but it's the speed. It's the timing that really gets in these fashion, like these these flashy KOs, right? I think one of our biggest uh, impressioned uh, tweets ever was a Sean O'Malley KO. That's because he's the biggest thing in the UFC right now. You think so? Up. Yeah. Him and Patty, probably. No. Like, like coming up-wise, not established, ten t- top ten guy, O'Malley and Patty are definitely your... Biggest hype stream. Patty's dope, but he... He's only had two fights. He's got a good personality, and that makes Patty cool. Mm-hmm. But... Well, remember this how the popular thing. Darren Till this, was You know the difference, though? Is like, though didn't sorry. Patty have a decision, though, his last fight? Uh, no, he choked no, him out. No, first no. round. So it was a good fight. What about he, his first fight in the UFC? Choked him out. Same thing? Yeah. So two two finishes? Mm-hmm. And Patty fights wild, too. It's, he's always Okay, so that's fair. Yeah, that's it's crazy. crazy. So he's 18-3. and three. Uh, he, He's lost a... What was it? It was uh, there's a really shitty one he lost. 
Where was it? Wasn't in the UFC though. The no, guy's undefeated in the UFC, and that's the league that counts Caddy, when we're talking about the best. Caddy's best. cool. I, I like his. He's got that like, like uh, Europeanness to him that makes it like interesting. Like McGregor had right. His accent's really funny. The, remember how popular Darren Till was with the with the. I don't care anyone and anyone. Anywhere, anyone, anyone. <laughs> it, it was, it was a, a bit of a phenom. I mean, like, it was fun to watch a Muay Thai guy knock people out until he got a little too timid. Too timid? He got slept by Masvidal. Well, he got choked out, and then he got timid. And then he got knocked out. Got choked out by Woodley. Yeah, by Woodley. By Woodley. Yes. In the second round. I Which was Woodley's only good title defense. Hey, that was a really good fight for Woodley. We want to try, We can chirp him all you want, but that was a great Till fight Till should have never even got the fight. I agree with you, but I, it was still a good fight. Uh, and then uh, moving up, we obviously got Robbie Lawler, Brian Bam Bam Bermarino. Do you guys remember Brian? No, Bangers. Yeah, he's, he, he just throws. And I think that's a perfect opponent for Robbie Lawler. Those are just two brawlers. That's like the high school. Like You know you got two kids in high school who fought tons, but never each other. And you're, it's just like, oh, they're going to scrap. They're going to scrap. And it's got that extra little like meat to it because you know what you're getting in this. This is what I feel like I'm getting with Robbie Lawler and Brian Bam Marina. Go ahead. Stop. Like, I mean, come on, think Just about... two straight savages. Think about Robbie Lawler and what was his Rory McDonald fight? Oh, one of the best wars in UFC history. And Brian, Brian Bambarina has had uh, a fight that really impressed me, too. Hold on, I'm going to pull it up. Literally, Rory has never been the same since that fight. <laughs> I, has Robbie either? No, no, I don't think so. No. I don't think so, personally. They literally gave everything they had in that one fight. Rory, I mean, oh, to be fair, Rory was going and he's... Doing things at Bellator, right? Or is he in Bellator? Or Rob, Rory actually fights on Friday in PFL. And he fights in PFL. He's actually we're, he we're was the champ there. in PFL, right? There. He was the twenty twenty champ. No, 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 no. He was the Bellator champ. That's what you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like he went on to do some things. I, I don't, but like Robbie's never been the same, and Rory's for sure as hell never been the same. Yeah, he went. He went and became the uh, Bellator champ. So that's pretty much like top ten UFC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, that's going to be a fun fight. Then we got the Strickland Prairie, leading up to what we've already talked about. I had to open with this was the Volkanovski Holloway fight. I'm sorry, but I'm honestly scared. I think I'm scared about this fight because why Max is going to retain his title and everything's going to be okay. And he'll be at eight straight defenses. No, like the way he should be. It's going to be a close fight, and obviously I'm pulling for my boy Volk. Right, I, I just. I'm, I'm a big Volk fan. What's your fan. beef with Max? Is it his fans? No, no. I, I'm a huge Volk fan. That's it. I think you can, you've can. you known since... He likes his Aussies. No, it's not that. I like the inside fighting style. I, I'm an underdog guy, so when I see a shorter guy, five inches shorter, I, I, I pull for him. So like when I see a guy who knows how to fight really well inside, I, I appreciate the shit out of it. That's and nice. Alexander Volkanovsky is that guy. And then like I, I thought, you know I said this, I said the way Brian Ortega beats him is if he chokes him. He gets him on the ground and gets his arm around and it's over. And he earned even more of my respect the day he fucking got out of those chokes. The triangle choke from T-City, the guy who's known for... The guillotine. For and the guillotine, squiggling the legs. He said he's going out, the lights are dimming. Like, he couldn't hear the sounds anymore. Like, that guy's got heart, man. The Ortega slipping out of that choke from Ortega was... Next level. That was the first time... Because we have this thing... In this friends group where all of Kieran's favorite fighters we just have to hate on because fuck them all, right? <laughs> but now, like, that was the one time that, like, I was 
I, I was watching the fight with him. I know I was. And I was like, fuck, Paul, we're going to have to give him some credit. <laughs> <laughs> like, because, like, that, that just, I'm like, this guy, is just, this guy is full of the heart and soul, and, and he has the skill to back it up. So I was like, fuck, we're going to have to give Kieran some credit if on this he, one. Okay, because so, I, I, I'm also, now, like, I love Volk, and I think he really deserves this title shot. Oh, God, shut up. There's no question shut he's up. the Colby Covington of the Featherweight. Get out of here, both you, you delusional he's fuck. He's the second best fighter, Get out of my house. maybe <laughs> ever, at Featherweight. Okay, no, but listen, Holloway versus Yair. Holloway looked vulnerable. I, I don't I don't mean to, to be critical, but that wasn't the best fight. When you see Korean Zombie pieced up Yair for five rounds and then got knocked in the last ten seconds, unfortunate, Yair won that fight, but then he, he made Max struggle. And what Volk just did to Korean Zombie, he made him look amateurish. So I'm thinking right now, the thing is about that second fight is that happened COVID era in an empty arena in Abu Dhabi, okay? What you, does Max look like with fans? Well, that's... Fight number one was with fans. I will say, too, Volk got to train with his team because they had different rules. Yeah, wasn't Max doing, like, Max Zoom was training sessions Max was literally doing Zoom training shit? sessions in his garage. He was. But and that, he still almost won that the That may benefit him. That may have benefited him. So, and Max was fans? Like, that arena yeah, is all January. Max fans. So it was, it was two months before the lockdowns came. Uh, so okay. the first fight was in January. January 2020? Uh, 18th yeah. of 2020. Yeah. Yep. Everything went to shit in February. Fuck you, Rudy Gobert. March, I blame you. Yeah. How Rudy Gobert stopped the world. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, March 16th was the day in Canada where they shut everything down. I remember that vividly. I do, too. Cause I, I got laid off that day. I was supposed to go to the... Uh, Edmonton Oilers and, and Ottawa Senators game. We had tickets for that Thursday. Right? Yeah, it's probably a good thing you missed that. Now, boys, we haven't even talked even a little bit about this, but the main event is our boy. We all love this guy, Israel Adesanya. Jared Cannonier. Versus, oh, yeah. <laughs> versus Jared Cannonier. No, this is honestly going to be a sweet banger. You're talking about power versus, like, uh, um, you know, being speed versus power, essentially, right? It's that classic matchup. Now, how do you guys feel about this? I'm going to go first on this one, okay? Because I have, I have a hard feeling. Cannoneer's in for something he's never fucking dealt with in his entire life. He might be a brawler and a scrapper, and he can scrap and all of that stuff, but so was Boricua, or whatever they call him, whatever his name is, the Holy Romero, Costa. Costa, every single brawler, even to, to, to Whitaker's credit, ones too. Uh, uh. even to Whitaker's credit, him, who who's... Who the who has the most knockout power out of anyone that's ever fought Izzy? Uh, the, honestly, you could say it's probably a three way tie. I mean, he hasn't fought him yet, but Cannonier no, would not be on that close. List. You don't think Cannonier would be on that list? No. Oh, Alex Pereira? Is no. that what you're thinking? No. Oh, what's what do you none think? of those? Polish power. He fought at light heavyweight. He didn't get yeah. knocked out by a fucking light heavyweight. That's a good point. What makes you think that Cannonier, who had to come down from light heavyweight? Is gonna just all of a sudden have the power to knock a guy out who's also been came fighting down, at light heavyweight his whole life. He came down from heavyweight though, so he came down from heavyweight to light heavyweight, and then light. Heavyweight. It doesn't matter. Well, it won't matter. The power carries a little bit. Yeah, That's, but Izzy fought at light heavyweight in in kickboxing. Uh, was one cruiser, wasn't it? There's, he's had like a hundred kickboxing. He's been fighting at. He fought at heavyweight at one point. I'm sure he's fought. All I'm telling you, I, I've looked this up. Like Izzy's fought at light heavyweight. This guy can do that, no problem. The Killer Gorilla is also 38. I feel like that's worth mentioning. So, I'm not disrespecting Cannonier. Mm-hmm. I'm saying he's good, but you're a good contender. What Izzy is, is that Izzy's a next level. Izzy's past. Okay. <laughs> Izzy's past the level of 
you're you're the champion of your division. He's now one of the greatest in the UFC history. You That's know, where he's already at. You know what I think this is? I think Cannonier wins this fight trying to be a Randy Couture, like you were saying. He has to make it a gritty, dirty boxing. You guy. can't touch Izzy. He'll throw you off. Yeah. Izzy's surprisingly much, stronger much, than he gets credit but for. But he, uh, uh, he isn't beating him in the open. There's no chance he's beating him in the open. Cannonier can't get anywhere near Izzy striking. No, but if he grabs him and makes it a dirty boxing match and he clinches him... It might I be think his start. best bet to win is do what... Yon did? Yon did, except the difference is... He can't is wrestle like that. <laughs> you can't wrestle like that at 185 pounds. Yeah. At two hundred, what two hundred five, and then you came into the fight at two twenty. Mm-hmm. You can wrestle and lay on top of somebody when somebody is really two hundred three. He weighed in two hundred one, I believe, for that, and then came in two hundred three. Mm-hmm. Is he fighting he, at one eighty five and going to come pizza. in at two hundred? He actually had a pizza on the scale, so it's very likely he was under two hundred because he had the whole pizza in his hand. Is he yeah. is going to fight probably come in at one eighty five, weigh perfectly? Yeah, yeah. And then he's gonna come into the fight probably at one ninety seven. I bet you he's one eighty four and a half. He's pretty. He's pretty diligent like that. <laughs> probably. Sorry, you feel like you've got something to say here. What do you? What is this? You want to say, Paul? I feel like everyone's sleeping on Cannon here. We're talking about a beast, one of the most durable guys in the division. That's he fair. broke his arm in the first round of the Whitaker fight and had Whitaker scared in the third, shooting for his life. Yeah. And not wrong. And that's his only loss in the last Brunson. seven. He's Brunson. He's beating Gastelum, Hermanson, Anderson Silva, David Brandt. Well, not that that's anything to brag about, no, but, but, but I think still. I think looking at this, uh, first of all, he did his last two fights at light heavyweight were Jan Blockwitz and Dominic Reyes. He lost both of them, but he almost went undefeated in seven fights at, at middleweight if that Robert Whitaker fight would have went his way. He'd be undefeated at middleweight. He pretty much won the Robert Whitaker fight, too, because he was, he was about 10... If that fight lasted, that I think, close. 20 seconds longer, Whitaker's getting knocked out. Uh, well, I'm going to pull up... The, you guys keep talking. I'm going to pull up the cannon here. And I love Izzy, too. Like, the idea of... I've been talking about kickboxers coming in the MMA... Like, prominent kickboxers coming in the MMA for years now. I've been... I've been telling, when we met, I was telling Alex Pereira, look out for that guy. One day, he's going to be in the UFC. And when I saw Izzy hit the UFC, I'm all like, this game is about to fucking change. This is interesting. So, Jared Kinnear, uh took a round on every judge's scorecard. On two of the judges' scorecard, it was the second, and on another one, it was the first. So, you could make an argument that Cannonier won that fight in some people's eyes. I think he did. There's a possibility he won the first. There's a possibility he won the second. According to the judges, he did win the second. So, because it, it was two to one. Well, like I said, if the fight lasted 12 seconds longer, Whitaker's getting knocked out. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. He still won that third round, Whitaker. I, don't, I haven't watched the fight back, so I don't know how, why, but... It was really the last minute and a half where he Whitaker was just him. trying to stall to the yeah, finish. Yeah, Whitaker did win the, the third round. Like, he did control. He did do his thing. But then that last That was a five-round fight. He was in trouble. And that's with a so. broken arm. I don't think so because that man went ten rounds with Yoel Romero. Who cares? I'm just saying he's taking damage. He's taking shots. We saw what Yoel did to that kid in Bellator. He separated his jaw. Displaced from fracture in the jaw. Three rounds. He went ten with Whitaker. And he landed, and Whit- and Romero landed that same shot on Izzy. And Izzy just, whoop. Yeah. Anyways. Well, Izzy's a little good at rolling, but yeah. He still ate the shot. No, no, no. You can't roll that shot. He took that wow. shot full blown. Wow. <laughs> I'm just saying. You remember. I remember. I know. I watched a lot the of these fight cards right? fall. Romero lands that overhand in the second round, mm-hmm. and that shit touched Izzy. I don't give a f- when anyone says 
that shit touched Izzy full blown, and Izzy <laughs> kind of touched my heart. <laughs> Izzy like took two steps back and was like, "Okay, bet," and then started. I still just love Noel because of the wide Monaco. I don't know if you remember UFC 205. It was a big deal. He's First also, card ever in November. Forties when he was dominating in middleweight. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what does a Yoel Romero with training, the same level of training, look like at 33 instead of 43? That's Olympic, a scary proposition. Olympic wrestler. Yeah, but imagine if that Olympic wrestler was in the UFC, like Daniel Cormier was in and his early 30s. He dominates the UFC in that, and whatever division he decides to be in. Unless it's John Jones. Because DC, DC's that guy. And, and if you really think about it, Yoel wasn't that far off at 40. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he couldn't wrestle anymore because he was so old. At middleweight, for the last 10 years, if we're being completely honest, like Anderson Silva's reign really ended about six years ago, right? Yeah. So, well, with the well, six or seven years ago, maybe yeah. even longer, right? So, Realistically, no, there's nobody in the middleweight division over the last 10 years. If Romero, 10 years ago, 33, decided to whatever, then he's the champ for 10 years. Well, well if Romero fought Bisbing like he was supposed to, I think he would have got the championship there, but George got to get the fight yeah, instead. that's right. That's Which, right. it's GSP. Like, if he wants a fight, you give him whatever fucking fight he wants. Um, he's earned that, right? Yeah, I mean, he... he yeah, he did. Is this Canmere's first five-round fight? Yeah. I, yeah. It might be. But, I, I looked at this. But Canmere's gas tank is in no question. But we're talking about a guy who knows how to point fight over 25 minutes. Who knows how to hurt you. Who knows how to keep you away. It's and we're talking about a guy you. who knows how to be a killer for oh. however long he needs to be. He went five with gas tank. And one. Izzy's not just... Like has an incredible gas tank. The last five rounds, point fight, all of that stuff. Is he will hurt you? Yeah, he can. He will it's hurt timing. you if he finds that spot. He will. It's He's not even one can. of the best it's kickboxers he, on he the will. planet. He, he will. will if he touches you, people don't realize this about Izzy. Izzy's jabs hurt. People they look at it and he lands these jabs and dudes stop throwing punches because they're like, I'm gonna get jabbed in the face. That people with jabs like that in boxing are the best in the world. Jabs hurt. That is considered power. Yes, you're throwing Unless you're straight. Unless you're Kyle Guitar, you get punched the, the shit out of by, by Emmett. Because yeah. his jab was great that fight, but Emmett just kept working his way around. Yeah, but you can work around jabs if you got a good chin or you if you don't mind getting your nose smashed in or whatever. Like, that's what it is, right? People get punched in the nose. Izzy's clean with his jabs. He will hit you square in your nose. He'll punch you square in the lip. Mm-hmm. Right, he's punching you straight across the middle, and when that happens with those jabs, it sets up everything. So now you're getting jabbed, and the next time you don't think about stepping in and you plant on your foot, he slaps the leg kick as quick as possible. You did so that like, right in the mic. <laughs> I know it did. That's the whole point. Uh, um, that's the whole. But is that's what Izzy does? Like he lands those leg kicks. Izzy is the biggest after setting favorite. up strikes. Izzy, Izzy's the biggest favorite on this entire card. I mean, it's hard. I just don't see. J- Cannonier having the skill, having the skill that Whitaker didn't have twice. Yep, that's I a good point. I don't see Cannonier having power, the skill. Power does play a completely different uh, uh, way into this picture, though. I find. Yeah, Whitaker not to be blowed too, though. Yeah, Whitaker's not, got power. He's big for the division. He's too. well timed. He's a welterweight. He ain't a heavyweight light heavyweight, right? He he's, he certainly can knock you out, but he's he, again, he's a. He's a timer. He's not. He's not. It's not strength. It's not power. Is he knocked him out twice in one fight? He's also a welterweight. But um, you know, there's something I do want to. First off, you got Izzy for this fight. Yeah. Yeah. You got who do you got? 
I got Izzy, but don't sleep on Cannoneer. Don't disrespect Cannoneer. The man's a killer. He could easily finish this quick. He could finish it late. Like, he could win a decision. Like, we don't know. That's true. It's a that. good fight. He's it's got, the he's best the fight underdog in the division for Izzy right now. He's the biggest underdog on the card. So if you truly believe that Cannoneer has a shot, it's worth putting a little money on it, I feel. Especially if you're betting on like a first round. Should we all throw down like ten bucks each and just do like a thirty dollars? No, I'm not that confident that Izzy Izzy's gonna lose. I'm betting money on Max. That's for sure. Uh, Max is an underdog. Yeah, betting money on Max. I don't know how the champ's an underdog. Oh yeah, because he's not the champ. Wild man. Um, You know what? Um, O'Malley's a minus two ninety five. I'm pretty sure that's the closest odds he's ever had. Against Munoz. Yeah, against Munoz, yeah. Uh, Disrespectful to Pedro. It's though. it's hard after that to find a minus 200 on this card. Uh, wow, Uriah Hall's a plus 240. Uh, Macy Barber's a minus 255, but there, there ain't a lot of them. There's a lot of really even fights. Uh, the Brian Barberina. What are the odds with Strickland and Pereira? Okay. About even? Pick them. 110-110. That's how it should be. Yep. Ra- Lawler and Bamberina is 100-120, uh, so it's another pick them, kind of, sort of. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's fun. Uh, so I've got Izzy too. I think I think Izzy wins that fight in over five rounds. I feel like Izzy outpaces him. He stays at distance. It's not really something Cannonier has dealt with in the middleweight division. Uh, a longer fighter like that that can fight you with speed from outside. He's not going to be able to catch him with his power, in my opinion. And that's why I think his best chance is to win a dirty boxing match. Paul's even, even, picks for the week, though. I'm going to run down the card here for you. Okay. If you want some betting advice, Paul's picks for the week. I got Izzy. I got Max. I got Alex. I got Robbie. I got O'Malley, sadly. I got Riddle, Miller, Ian Gary, Dirkus Duplessis. I'm sorry I butchered your name, but I think you're going to win. Uriah Hall, Macy Barber, and Jessica Rose Clark. I haven't made my those picks yet. Those are Paul's picks. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't made my, my picks yet, but those are on our uh, Fantasy app if you want to check those out. Marcus, what are yours? Uh, I got my picks are, I got Izzy by decision. I got full, or no, I have Max by decision. I've taken Alex Pereira by knockout. I've got Robbie Lawler. It's just straight up. I'm taking Sean O'Malley by knockout. TKO yeah. or not? It would be the first of Munoz's career. I think it's a big statement if he gets I, that. I called it hard. I should have bet money on Tony getting knocked out. I'm not. Mess, I'm not making that mistake again. I changed my pick. O'Malley's losing the decision. Just <laughs> I, said that. Um, I have. Uh, I actually have Riddell over Jalen Turner. Um, I have a theory within the French group. When you get a little deeper into the podcast, we'll talk about that more. But hi, fellas. The dogs are here. Sorry, guys. And you know what? That's a great point to end it there. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to touch on PFL 6. You want to just leave it? Leave yeah, it. they'll figure it out. PFL's this Friday, too. Don't yeah, Kayla Harrison, not much to talk about. Uh, Rory McDonald, Ray Cooper the third, something to check out. The uh, women's feather, light lightweights and the welterweights are finishing out before the playoffs. So that'll be a good one to keep your eye on. Make sure to check us out at MMADissect.com. And we're on Spotify, Apple, uh, Amazon. Amazon. Pretty much wherever the main place is podcast. Hopefully YouTube next, because we finally got this video stuff working, hopefully. Not really, but maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Thanks Thanks for listening. listening.